Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives. And wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2016 called Speak Up From Your Heart. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview. I'm so excited that you are here with us today. And I am Kavita Lila Aurora, and I'm hosting the Speak Up From Your Heart video jam to empower women like you to access your hidden voice so that you can have the conversations that other people avoid. And today I have with me a very special guest, someone who is so dear to my heart and has been an incredible mentor in my life. Her teachings have changed my life. She's the founder of the 13 Moon Mystery School. And I have with me here today, Arielle Spielsbury. She's a, I'm gonna uh, read you this incredible list of words. Oh no, don't, don't, don't. No, 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 don't read the words. (laughs) Don't read any of the words. No, well, it's all just ego descriptions, you know. I think everyone can feel what's true without ego descriptions. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, what, what I will add then, I won't look at the words I have here in front of me. In fact, I will take them off of my screen now. They're gone. There you go. So, um, but what I will say is uh, that Ariel has channeled some deep wisdom that is, uh, it's coming through, it comes through her in a way that I've never experienced with a, with another human being. And those teachings are, are tr- the transmissions are coming through in the 13 Moon Mystery School. And uh, her teachings have really truly transformed my ability to get out of my head and get into my heart. And, um, you know, it's, it's a journey, it's a path. I, I don't always achieve it, but without... Ariel and her teachings, I don't even know where I would be. I probably wouldn't be leading this event. I'd probably just be hurting people <laughs> the way that I communicate because I can be very strong strong that way. So I just uh, am so honored and delighted, Ariel, that you are here with us today and that um, Ariel doesn't do this very often. She, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so it's, it's really a special treat for us to have her here with us. So just welcome, Ariel. Mm. Yeah. To each person here, I bow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So where I'd love to begin is to hear from you. You know, what was it that, that had you say yes to, to this event? Because I know you just, you don't do this very often. Yeah, yeah I'm truly a temple turret priestess. I mean, I'm just... I'm a mystic. I hang out in my garden and uh, allow whatever comes through to come through and uh, be with the mother in that way in all her forms. 
so I don't do much out in the world. And what drew me was very peculiar. <laughs> Other than my love for you, which is obvious, uh, Leela, that was the first thing. Um, but what was the peculiar piece was the word ambition for the ambitious woman. And um, I so resist that word that has caught us as women in so many traps of trying to be like men and be in a lockstep position of being, uh, well, whatever ambitious stands for becoming something in the culture um, that's equal to men, let's put it that way. And so when I saw that, I went, you know, I'm in so much resistance to that word that I'm going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, what happened? And so, you know, I say that in love. But, you know, because I do feel with all the teachings of the Divine Feminine that the 13 Moon Oracle represents, it's all about not being ambitious. It's it's about really opening your heart. And because you open your heart, everything flows back in through magnetizing. This is the way of the Divine Feminine. And it's a totally different way than clawing your way to get something in competition like the male model presently has us doing. It's allowing yourself to be so open that the universe wants to fill fill you up because your heart is so available that it wants to fill you. And that's a whole a different model than the Western model that we have all, as women, been programmed to believe is the only model there is. Yeah. So I'm grateful to have an opportunity to be with all the beings who are on this phone call today to really ask you to start questioning Um, really questioning what ambition is for you. Uh, The only way I could utilize it is I have an ambition to be one with God. That that's about it, (laughs) you know, but I want you to start looking at what your ambition is and whether it really serves the bigger picture of who you are as a soul, who you are as a magnificent and vast being, not just somebody that's going through the culture step by step and doing what the culture says to do. Uh, but really looking at that very deeply. Hmm. That was a long answer, but that was the answer. I I love that answer. It's so it's so interesting, and that's it. And it's unexpected. It's not what I what I expected to hear at all. So um, and honestly, I uh, I struggled a lot with what word to use to describe these women who all of you who I wanted to invite in. And, uh, you know, perhaps hearing what you have just shared and delving into this a little more deeply will help me figure out, you know, what I should um, call the group of women that I'm calling in. Because I knew it wasn't the right word, but it was the best word that I could come up with at the time. Because it was, first it was smart and successful women. And then it was savvy women. And then it was like, I mean, there have been so many were visionary women or you know and there were so many different words that I went through and then it's like okay I just have to choose now and you know I'd I'd be interested to know coming from your perspective Ariel you know what I'm looking for is women who want more and women who want to give back to the world women who want to create a change on extraordinary levels or or who are just starting to feel that way like they want a lot but not just for themselves or because the because they want to fit into the masculine model but they that they want 
a lot for themselves in the world and to do it a different way. They may not yet know that that's possible or they may just be starting on this journey. And I, I couldn't quite tune in to what that was. I'd love to hear if anything comes through for you or, or um, what kind of description you might give. Uh, it is tricky to navigate that, to step out of the male model words, successful, ambitious, you know, those kinds of things. Are, this is part of the problem is linguistically we've been co-opted by the patriarchy into having a language that can't describe what you're talking about, mm. basically, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's no word for it. it it's like, um, for me, it's encompassed in the word devotion um, and that probably wouldn't communicate to 90% of the people but to me it's devotion to being so passionate and excited about something that you want to give to this world that you're devoted to it mm. and want to give it from your heart it isn't something you have to do or have to figure out or any of that stuff it's like so natural and organic because you want to give it you're passionate about it and so I would use the word devotion. You know, my whole life has been an act of devotion to the mother. I am absolutely devoted to allowing for the divine feminine to manifest in such a way here on earth that everyone honors her once again. That's been my entire motivation. You want to call me ambitious about that? Yes. There. That's the only word that would be a cognate in any way to, to devotion. Yes. I'm very... Uh, devoted to that process. Mm -hmm. uh, that the only word that I could even conjure that would come close. Yeah. That's um, it's beautiful, and it's uh, you know, and I I really see you being this, and I aspire to do this to live my life in devotion or as devotion, and uh, yeah, I'm going to um, chew on that a bit and see if <laughs> see if another word, see if you can make up another word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if something emerges. Thank you for that. That's um, really, uh, really beautiful. And I think that's, it's, it's, it's actually quite funny that you joined because you didn't like the word. I love that. That's great. So um, I'd love to talk a little bit now about the, um, you know, what, you've had so much experience with teaching and mentoring and priestessing with you know so many amazing women and possibly some men too i think you've had a man go through 13 moon mystery school Actually, several uh, several uh, yeah great yeah and i'd love to begin just talking about what um what have you seen that gets in the way of people dropping into their hearts and and really speaking from there, coming from there, what are some of the, the barriers that you see? And then also, like, what are solutions that you that you might offer to... Well, there's a bottom line. <laughs> the, the bottom <laughs> line is fear. You know, people are afraid they won't be loved, they'll be rejected, uh, they won't be cared for, <laughs> secure, whatever the wording you want to say. The bottom line is fear of loss of love whatever face separation wants to wear, that's the bottom line. People are afraid of that, so they don't want to speak their truth wholly, or they don't want to offer themselves in their complete passion because it might outshine someone else, or, 
you know, it's all this stuff that's a fear of loss of love, really. It comes down to the bottom of it. I mean, we could go into myriad reasons why, but that is the bottom line. In my thousands and thousands of, you know, working with different people in different ways, that's what it is. So that's the obstacle. And how you, you know, work with that is everyone's unique soul path, really. it's It has to do with how you unpack what you look at is your shadows of things that hold you back, whatever that the face separation wears in, in you, um, fear of judgment, uh, you know, uh, loss, any name you want to put to it. How do you, each person has to develop their own path and their own curriculum for how they move through that, you know. And uh, for me, it was working with the faces of the divine feminine. Uh, it was stepping out of the ego level that say therapy, which is a wonderful thing for some people, but it works from the ego up. And in the Divine Feminine, in the archetypal and mythic work that I do, it's working from the high self or the essence self or the soul self down. And so you start cultivating ways to access these larger containers uh, of, of archetypes and thus source, uh, the Divine Mother, if you will, the Divine Father, whatever, but source and whatever name you want to give it, you find ways of accessing that, and whether that's meditation or, or yoga or breathing techniques or, I mean, there are so many ways to reach into that and break down the obstacles that keep us from seeing, feeling, knowing clearly from the heart. Um, it, there's a very funny story of a monk who was in a... Uh, um, a laboratory with a scientific laboratory and they were putting electrodes on his head while he was meditating for him to meditate to get his you know all EKGs and find out what was going on in there while he was having this meditative experience and he started laughing hysterically and the researchers were like well what are you laughing about and he said well everybody knows that actually intelligence exists in the heart why don't you put your electrodes here <laughs> <laughs> So that's just a beautiful example of the fact that as you move through those obstacles, you take all the shed the layers of things that obscure the openness and joyousness of your heart. And the means to that is different for everyone, as I said. But for me, the fast track is working with archetypal energy. It's like the difference between a quacking duck and a lightning bolt. <laughs> it's really a different event as you've experienced in the 13 mystery school work that working at that level activates all of your shadow so you can clear it mm -hmm. and so you can move into that unobstructed luminous radiant light that you actually are so that's what i would say that's the big answer to that question as you know i always go to the big answers yeah beautiful thank you for that and i'm wondering for the, um, you know, for those of those who are listening, if you could describe a little more, because I obviously have had the experience myself of what does it mean? Like, what what is working with archetypal energy? Mm -hmm. I always forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> but not everyone. I'm so steeped in archetypes that I, I forget. <laughs> um, basically, they're large containers of consciousness, whether you call it a magician or the mother or king 
or the fool. They're larger containers of consciousness that exist in all cultures, regardless of the culture. These archetypal forms exist. And to tap into them allows you to tap into the vast informational base that they represent. Jung defines uh, archetypes as form constants that exist in a field that is non-linear, non-causal, non-anything linear. So it's a hard thing to pin down an exact definition of archetypes. As they call them subtle luminosities or geometries that are behind form. In other words, everything manifests out of archetypes. Everything that in creation manifests out of especially sacred geometry archetypes. But they are the a priori to this existence, the, the, the before this existence, the archetypes are. So um, if you just typed in archetype, you'd get a myriad number of answers to that question. Joseph Campbell was brilliant in his bringing that into the cultural awareness, as was Carl Jung. Um, form constants that exist in and define a field of consciousness that is beyond time, space, and the individual. That's you. Archetypes are form constants that exist in and define a field of consciousness that is beyond time, space, and the individual. Now, that, that, those are big containers. Those are large mythic containers of self, and most people exist at an ego level going day-to-day, -day, getting the job done, getting their kids to school, never recognize that there is a part of themselves that already exists archetypally that they don't ever even touch. They, they don't know the vastness of who they are. So to begin to work with archetypes is to begin to work with your soul level of self. So yeah. How's that? <laughs> that was great. I love that. That, that was a, a fabulous description and... I just it felt all this energy in my own body moving, and as I felt like I was getting connected to the archetypes that the, the containers that that have held me in this journey and um, dropping into my heart. And for me, what was coming up was to talk about Kali and to talk a little bit about the initiator. For me, um, what happened in my experience is I was, um, we, were in, we were working with Kali and we were at a retreat and someone had said something to me that gave me advice that was unsolicited and I was very angry about this, but didn't do anything in that moment. And then I wrote an email later, a couple days later after the retreat and I essentially, um, Deva, who has worked with you too, pointed out to me because she... Um, was party to this communication as well you know you essentially killed off the other person like it was like they weren't a human they were a thing and i used all my power of destruction with my kali energy to just obliterate this yeah. this person in this email and i'm embarrassed to share it but i'm proud <laughs> that i've <Good> truth telling <laughs> that i've that i've gone beyond to this level but it was like this huge breakthrough that occurred over a several year period because it was the first time I, I actually in engaging with Kali I understood my creative capacity the, you know the ability to create the ability to destroy but that was where I lived and I didn't understand the white energy of Kali and I was wondering if you could 
talk about that a little bit because it took me it took me so long to drop into that place but anyone who identifies with this kind of story or anyone who actually can act like this bitchy bulldozer type that I used to get <laughs> get into um I just think it would be beautiful to to hear a little bit about about well, she is a very powerful archetype to start accessing first of all creator destroyer preserver that's pretty much the whole goddess in one archetype and uh very intense kind of energy as you've carried your whole life and and it can either come up as anger or it can come up as your power and in used in a good way in a a productive way as a soul instead of just obliterating somebody as you've learned and so all of the archetypes have that capability yeah sure they can they're intense energies they can be used for uh sustaining life and preserving life in telling the truth or they can be used to destroy and that isn't to say that's condoned or even appreciated but it's like part of the archetype to have that level of intensive energy whether you call it anger or not it's power mm -hmm. tremendous power and so learning to utilize that power in a good way to utilize that intense energy and passion in a way that serves people people's awakening is absolutely essential and the preserver is the part of you that wants to serve people through that power, through that awareness to preserve life, not to just obliterate it and destroy it. So that's the short answer to that. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's one of the most powerful. There are 13 in the 13 Moon Mystery School, and Kali is the fourth um, of all those, in the, the, the creator destroyer archetype. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that that description. And what I'm wondering what comes up next to ask is if someone is having trouble and you know sort of stuck in the on the path of destruction like I, I was <laughs> or creating uh, creating too but also but not able to access the preserver energy is there anything you might offer in this in this moment um, some practice or something to tune into or something that we can do to, to drop into that mm. and yeah and if there's not we can also just leave that well I yeah no I would I would definitely ask you you're the one that's been working so intensely <laughs> with Callie what's your practice when anger comes up and you can reframe it into something that's more of the preserver aspect that's mm. a question for you okay that's that's a good question so um for me, it has to do with a little bit um, what we were talking about b before we began this interview. Um, for me, first I have to look at like how I'm fixated on being right. Because if I'm fixated on being right, I'm going to destroy the other person and prove that because I'm a natural born negotiator and I can think faster and like get around arguments like much more naturally than other people so i have mm -hmm. to disengage from that part <laughs> and essentially say this isn't about you being right there's a there's a human being over there feel her heart feel his heart that person is not any more or less important than you that person is just as important as you are and your heart and your feelings. So mm. how about you treat that person? You know, like, so it's like, I have to talk myself back into my heart. If that makes any sense and get nope. out of here. It know? makes absolute sense. And I'm really glad you're saying this because the whole need to be 
right as what has gotten us in the mess we're in on earth right now of having the right answer and doing the right thing and uh, not really paying attention to the fact that like you just said there is another person on the other side that needs your compassion rather than your need to be right it's yeah. such a it's a it's a step in evolution that we take and uh, we look at it really intensively in the initiator and that's why I chose to work wear purple today in honoring of the initiator because it's about learning to move out of the patterning of blame out of the patterning of who's right and who's wrong into the heart and feeling again compassion for all life and all positions uh, everyone's position unilaterally regardless and so yes I feel like that is a key thing to our moving through into a higher harmonic of what's possible on earth, moving out of the right-wrong game altogether, out of duality, basically. Yeah. Good, bad, right, wrong, them, us. We're in a massive polarization process on earth right now with the bad guys making them bad guys. And boy, is the media all over it to polarize us into thinking in a polarized way. And it is causing such damage right now the media is causing such damage to move if we ever intend to actually exist and live in peace we're going to have to give up this position of right wrong and come into a peaceful place in our own hearts and not warring and taking sides in our own hearts how will it ever happen in the world at large it's yeah. huge. We've got to move past this game of right wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's so profound what you're what you're commenting on, and and it's um, you know, when you think about just how how much like we kill each other over the fact that we the other the other side doesn't believe the same yeah. things we believe, and I find it to be so painful, so sad, and. Wondering what is it? What will it take to create love and hearts at peace and allow others to believe differently, but not kill each other because exactly. they believe differently. Yeah. Yeah. What will it take? This is a seminal question. What will it take each one of us to move out of the war in our hearts, the hatred towards something outside of ourselves? That is a very, very seminal question. That we need to be asking ourselves right now <laughs> yeah. how we can do that how we can live in more love and mo more inclusiveness instead of making a them us reality that we're being pushed into by the media yeah yeah it's uh and and it's actually as we're speaking about this i mean it's one of the reasons that i put together this event and that's why i'm putting this work out into the world that i'm creating here because i i want to support all of you in dropping back into your hearts and creating from there speaking from there having the conversations you need to have from there a place where you can honor the other person and not treat them like a thing like I did in that email <laughs> where I 
killed the person off just because she gave me some advice that triggered me. I mean, we do mm -hmm. we do things like this all the time, and we may not send yeah. an email like I did, but we can kill them off in our head or our heart or, you know, or in our energy field or the look we give them. Or, and there are mm -hmm. lots of ways that, that we can do that. that to, um, it's, it's like really allowing them the space to be who they are and love and respect them as they are and not needing them to change because we do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, giving them space to live outside of our version of reality. Yeah. You know, because we're just looking at a different angle on the hologram and everyone sees it entirely differently. I mean, we're all living in separate realities. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the thing, so... Yeah, gorgeous. So you mentioned as we were delving into this conversation, the initiator archetype, and that's the other one that, that came up for me when you were essentially describing the, the archetypes and what they are as one that for me, and I, I was going to wear purple, I shouldn't. <laughs> no, no shits. <laughs> You're wearing Cali. I'll bet you have some red on somewhere. No, actually, well, I, I, actually I'm wearing like, Oh, an animal print underneath here. So I didn't okay, the, the primal goddess lives in yeah, you. Yeah, I was like bringing the passion today. Yes, exactly. I felt like that's what I needed was that energy. But yeah, um, I mean, I do have black and white in this outfit, but no red. Except for your lips. They're red. Yeah, I guess they have a reddish color. They do. They're perfectly red. Yes, gorgeous. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, so... Um, I I was wondering if you could say a little more about the initiator archetype mm. and why that energy or how that what why that came up for you how that figures is important in this dialogue that we are having and what we'd like to see unfold in the world. Yes, um, the the initiator carries the tool, the sacred tool of a sword, and it's not a sword that harms; it's a sword that cuts through. It's a sword that clarifies. It's a sword that tells the truth. And it, it carrying that with love in the world, you know, being able to wield that sword from a place of centered heartfulness is the big challenge, really, to be able to hold a place of deepest compassion for others and tell the truth. Yeah. That is a difficult position in consciousness. And the invective of the initiator is, love tells the truth all the way, all the time. Now, that is hard to live with. Mm -hmm. As an embodiment, as a living embodiment of the archetype of the initiator, that is what my life has been about. Um, it's been very challenging because people uh, tend to want to move in the other direction because of my incisiveness and my cutting through. And though I do my best to be coming from the heart always, if they have ego uh, wounding, that that triggers something in them, it will catalyze that. Yes. And it does. And people, you know, project back onto me, oh, she's mean, blah, 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 you know, which I'm okay with because it catalyzes their wounding in such a way that they will eventually, and many of them do, come back to me 10 years later and say, guess what? What you said to me that, quote, hurt my feelings so badly was the catalyst for me to grow into who I truly am. And that really is the path 
of the initiator, the willingness to speak the truth in that way from such a loving place that people can hear the truth from you. And as women, we have been absolutely programmed not to tell the truth. We have been programmed to be nice and to never say anything that's going to be impolite or certainly not to hurt anyone's feelings. And um, that's kept us extremely disempowered. Where men can be more forthright, it's part of their programming in the culture. Yes, they tell each other the truth. Women are told never to do that, that it's going to, you know, make every man run away from you at light speed. Uh, and so we have to undo really a lot of programming in order to stand as an initiator with the sword with others. But it is so worth it. It is so worth it to be able to to see what happens to people in their growth when we're, when the smallest thing that you would have withheld and not said to somebody else, just let it run through your head, mm -hmm. instead choosing to risk, and that's what initiation is about, mm -hmm. risking, speaking that truth to someone, and having it have such a powerful impact, it's worth it. You'll start doing it more often because you'll recognize some will be hurt, but others will be incredibly grateful, incredibly yeah. grateful to you. So yeah. I really encourage that. You know, the truth-telling of the initiator is a skill that women absolutely need to develop. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's a beautiful description. And... I know that, you know, in working with the archetypes since, I think I've been working with the archetypes now since 2010, starting my work with Kalila, and I um, I used to have such a hard time with what you're describing. I tell the truth, but not with love. <laughs> you know? There's, <laughs> there's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the hard truth, the, you know, and um, I've, I've found as I as I learn to wield my sword, because as you know, I have the initiator very strongly in, in me, as I learn to wield that sword with love, what it allows me to do too is like, for instance, sometimes it's important, like if you're in a mentorship role, like, like you are, and, and it's, it, it can be important to just have that person sit with the truth of what you said. But I found in, um, in other situations, for instance, I was telling you about that situation with my mom before we began this interview. I was, um, you know, what I needed to see was I told the truth with love and then she was hurt and I needed to give her a hug and I needed to just say I was noticing that she was hurt and that's what it meant to be in my heart. That was what my truth turned into. Exactly. And like to be responsive to the other human being because I can also get very stuck in, well, I told my truth with love and that person just couldn't hear it and so that's not my fault and, and go back into my thing yeah. and how right I am, <laughs> which is not being in my heart anymore. So it's I, I've just noticed as I'm working with these tools and these skills that it's it, um, it's quite interesting the things that emerge that I never would have expected, mm -hmm. and you know it. Um, but there's just such beautiful tools. Even with a contractor today in our backyard, we were, you know, we were in a in a, a bit of a battle with him, and you know, my my husband essentially just said, "You do this all the time with me, you know. Just call him up, listen to him, uh, show compassion for his perspective." and focus on listening, not being right in our perspective. And 
you'll transform the situation. I said, oh my God, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. He's so upset about these things. And within five minutes on the phone, he was telling me his whole story of how he had all this stuff going on and he had reacted and he was apologizing and saying, you know, I let my temper get the the best of me and thank you so much for reaching out and being nice. And, and it's, um, it's just, I mean, these are just small things, but they're like, for me, they occur as miracles when, uh, when that can happen. So, um, and this is really through all the work I've done inside of 13 moon and using that, using that sword with love and Mm. the sword of truth from my heart. So I just thank you for bringing these teachings and Mm. for expressing them today. Oh, absolutely. Well, to me, you know, the the quintessentialization of all that is a poem that's uh, in the, the archetype of the wise woman that I'd like to share as a closing piece because I feel it really encapsulates this. Heart knowing is the way. Free from judgment, spirit flows through. Who can tell me how? How will I know? How can I be sure? Unending questions of minds play. Where words confuse, love fuses. Infinity loop of trust beyond authority leaps us beyond thought into the now, where heart knowing is all that is. Thank you, Lloydine Arguez. That beautiful poem. And to me, it really encapsulates the journey, spiritually speaking. We all have been through the journey of refining our minds because in this culture there's no way to not do that. And so we've become left brain paraplegics basically. And so to in the divine feminine to move into the right brain, to move into the heart is the journey. And not just for women, for, for men. You know, for all of us to embody the feminine aspects of consciousness and live from the heart is the essential journey and the most important part of our journey. So I I close with that. However people get there, and there are myriad ways to get to living from an open heart. There are many ways. But I encourage every being who sees this that, as Carlos Castaneda said, Try any path you like as many times as you wish, but if it is a path without heart, it is of no use. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that quote and for sharing that beautiful poem. And um, maybe you can email that to me so I can post it in the Facebook group when sure. that this airs. That would be great. And uh, Ariel, it's been such a joy and such a pleasure to be here with you today and receive your transmission your wisdom thank you it's always a joy to be with you Leela I send my love deeply to you and to your journey (laughs) and to all the beings that you're working with I send my love yeah Yeah, thank you and for those of you who want to connect with Ariel further we've got a link to her website right below this 
video. She's got all sorts of amazing goodies there that you can check out. I don't know, Ariel, if there's anything you want to want to share with them that they can find there or we can just link to it. Well, it I'll show two toys. Oh, thank you for asking. I forgot about them. This is a temple in a box. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. called the 13 Moon Oracle. And it is a lifetime curriculum in the Divine Feminine. It truly is a gift from Mother. That is the primary one for the Divine Feminine. And then most recently, Goddess has worked through me. The fairies have worked through me. A book called Gaia's New Dream Coat, A Fairy Guide to Gaia's Greening. Um, that is my love and my joy right now. I'm enamored with the fairy realms. Always have been. I'm a fairy godmother now. That's the archetype that I've now stepped into. And so it's a story from her point of view, from the fairy godmother's point of view, about all the denizens of the subtle realms, uh, the fairies and the elves and the gnomes and so forth, about how we can preserve Gaia, how we can really support her in surviving. And then, of course, it's a, it's a well, what would you call it, a hidden alchemical text. In the midst of this fairy tale, of course, it talks about alchemy, which is my favorite passion. So those are two things. There are all sorts of other things you might find there. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for sharing those with us. And I don't own the second one. You reminded me that I need to. So thank you. It's for really that. fun. I think you'd love it. Yeah, I think I would too. Awesome. And I can relax and enjoy it after this video jam is over. So that would be great. Well, thank you so much. Deep gratitude to you for being here and sharing your wisdom. And bye, everyone. My blessings. <laughs> this has been Wealth Alchemy Lab, the only show teaching you how to follow a spiritual path to money, pleasure, and purpose. To stay connected to our community, join our Facebook group, also called Wealth Alchemy Lab. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. To check out today's guest, visit epicdreamacademy.com forward slash podcast.